1: Welcome to MMA
0: on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker and you are listening to episode number 67 or you're watching it on YouTube Today's Sunday, October 22nd. And I am joined as sometimes the case (laughs) by my co-host all the way up in New Jersey, who's uh, sitting on the floor because you got to, you got to make some, some uh, modern day comfort sacrifices when family's in town, Jeff, the animal Wilson, Jeff. How you feel on this Sunday evening, my friend?
1: I'm good, Bill. I got some work done for the week. I got to run to Target later, but that's just to pick up a few things. And, Bill, you said it, man. I, I'm sitting on a giant king-size mattress <laughs> in the middle of what used to be my office because my grandparents turned town. But happy to have them. Uh, the food's been awesome. I'm probably going to put on a few pounds, but I don't have a problem with that because... I've been working out a little bit more, so um, <laughs> there you go, Bill. That's been about the most exciting part of my week is just having my grandparents over because uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, Bill. Last night's card just it didn't do it for me. But before we get into that, Bill, how have you been doing? Because I know you had the hurricane a few weeks ago, and we've both been going through a bit of a hard patch. But things are looking up for both of us finally.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, you know things are starting to look up. I got a lot going on, you know, trying to prepare for this baby coming. Uh, Only less than three months away, Jeff. Uh, I don't think I can have enough bourbon in the house to prepare. Uh, (laughs) But uh, you know, just lots of things going on. Going to be moving to a new house next month. Uh, It's looking like deal is going to close early November, so I'll be moving to Safety Harbor, Florida. And I'm really excited about that, uh, get settled somewhere before the baby comes. And I've been kind of fixing up the condo where we stay now to, uh, get it ready to rent it out. So refinishing cabinets and refurbishing furniture and all fun stuff like that. Lots of trips to Lowe's and home Depot and, and things that I'm very excited about doing, um, I, I hope that sounded genuine. Because, uh, <laughs> Jeff, there's a thing, and I, I read about this in, in like uh, pregnancy preparation books and stuff. There's this phase of pregnancy called nesting, uh, which involves you know, the mother of the soon-to-be-born child wanting to set up a space for the baby, but it also involves her wanting to do do-it-yourself projects, all the time so I have involuntarily been recruited to participate in these do-it-yourself projects or or do them myself (laughs) because certain things have to get done to prepare and you know like anything else I, I just deal with it with with lots of bourbon and and lots of tools which isn't always the best combination but I find it works for me. So uh, that's what's been going on with me, Jeff. Lots of lots of moving around. So this might be uh, one of the last podcasts from here. I hope to have a, a new studio set up in the new house. And then next week, I will be in Arizona. So anybody who lives in Arizona or has been there before, I'm definitely looking for some recommendations. I'm going to be out there for a little over a week. Going to go see the Grand Canyon, Phoenix, Flagstaff, Uh, Sedona a couple of other places I'll be bouncing around Uh, I will probably do an episode from out there uh, but please send me your recommendations at MMA on the rocks on Twitter and uh, you know anywhere else on social media Uh, let me know where to go get some good whiskey drinks and some good craft beer Uh, so I'll be looking forward to that that's gonna be like the last hurrah trip before the baby comes and then it's time to buckle down more diy projects moving into a new house and then this little one's going to be here before i know it but let's get into some mma talk jeff because that's why we're here after all i know some people wanted us to talk about some some personal things on the show that's been uh, that's been a pretty consistent request but uh, this is an mma program so let's get into the card last night was ufc fight night 118 uh from Gdansk, Poland.
1: Gdansk. Am I saying that right, Jeff? Bill, I am not Polish, and I don't have too many Polish friends, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say you're saying it correctly.
0: Yeah, let's go. Gdansk. Gdansk. All right. So it's headlined by Darren Till, um, fairly unknown fighter, uh, and Donald Cerrone, one of the most well-known fighters on the planet Earth. Uh, I don't know if I had said this on the show or not, but this is a tough matchup for Donald Cerrone because here's a guy, in Darren Till, who's tough to take down. Uh, Cerrone has some creative wrestling, uh, but you know, let's be real, he's not a wrestler. He has some awesome submissions off his back if he gets taken down, but his problem areas seem to be with guys who pressure him on the feet, and Cowboy's also a slow starter. So this is a really bad matchup for him off the bat because Darren Till throws straight punches, he pressures forward, and he hits really fucking hard, uh, which is a bad bad matchup for Cowboy because the the guys that Cowboy does well uh, against on the feet are guys who are a little bit slower, a little bit more methodical, maybe don't hit as hard, uh, so he can kind of get a rhythm going in the second and third rounds or guys who take him down, and then he's able to submit them off his back. Uh, so guys with good takedown defense and and uh, who pressure a lot on the feet, like Darren Till, are a bad matchup. And this was a bad match for Cowboys and because Darren Till is not really a known fighter. Uh, you know, there were even a lot of MMA analysts in the past week who, was like, who were like, uh, you know, who is this guy? And uh, he's got an impressive record. He's 16-0-1. One draw, and that was in the UFC. And... He he's got some crazy finishes. He's got ridiculous knockout power, but the problem with fighting at an unknown fighter is if you win, great. You were expected to win because more people know who you are, and if you lose, it's like, well, why did you lose to this guy? Nobody knows who he is. So it's really kind of a lose lose situation for Cowboy. He came in looking really flat. As I said, he's a slow starter, and he just didn't have a chance to find a rhythm. Darren Till just wouldn't let him get settled. Uh Till said he was going to try and drag this into deep waters, but he wound up catching Cowboy and just smashing his face with a really vicious elbow. Um, I don't remember the last time I, I remember seeing Cowboy's face broken up like that. I mean, he was he was really battered in the Robbie Lawler fight, but uh, this was, this was a, a whole different story. So really impressive performance from Darren Till. And I guarantee a lot of people know who he is now. Um, that's no excuse for not knowing who he was before but hey that's the game so what were your thoughts on this uh main event here in Poland Jeff
1: yeah Bill this was a crazy main event dude Darren Till looking super calm in there looking like you know like a veteran against Donald Cerrone and you know I think Till did a good job his striking was really good um and I think Donald Cerrone's mistake was to keep it on the feet but like you said Till's got good take down offense so you know Darren Till doing a good job picking Cerrone apart really and it was interesting because Darren Till was a southpaw which I was unaware of so Bill I gotta ask you something do you think that Donald Cerrone is do you think he should kind of tone it down a little bit because he's been taking a lot of fights uh, over the last couple of years and I think it's starting to wear on him a little bit I think his body's starting to feel it
0: yeah it's it's an interesting point and and one that's definitely gonna come up a lot. I, I think that's kind of up to him. I think after this one, he's definitely gonna need some recovery time. I'm sure he had a pretty lengthy medical suspension. I haven't heard what it is yet. but um, I think he feels that when he stays more active, he's able to develop some momentum and it helps with uh, the nerves going into the going into the cage and things like that. But then, like you said, it it does take its toll when he's fighting. You know, on every other card, it seems like, and um, yeah, he probably should pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, if you're fighting five, six, I think he's even fought seven times in a year, in a calendar year. One time, that's insane. Um, but you know, it's also what you have to love about Cowboy Cerrone, and the fact that he took this fight against a virtually unknown fighter in Darren Till, just because the UFC called him and said, "Hey, you want to fight in Poland?" and he just says, "Yes." he probably doesn't even need to know the opponent. He'll just get in there with anybody. And that's one of the most respectable things about Donald Cowboy Cerrone, and that's why he's such a big fan favorite. And, uh, it, you know, I, I know you and I are big fans of him for that reason, Jeff, because he'll just step in there, you know, 155 pounds, 170 pounds, put somebody in there across from him, uh, and he's been in there with some monsters. Uh over his career, I think over 20 UFC fights. If you count, uh, if you count WEC appearances as well, since the the UFC had uh, bought the WEC years ago. Um, but yeah, I think as, as he's getting a little older, uh, he's starting to push into his upper 30s. He definitely needs to uh, start training smarter. Which I hear he has been doing. He doesn't spar as hard anymore, and probably fight a little less frequently. But uh, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to answer that for him because if that's his if that affects his mental state if he's not fighting frequently and he feels like that affects his psychology of fighting then that's kind of on him. So after this fight, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the broadcaster, the former fighter. Help me out here, Jeff. Uh, Dan Hardy. Yeah, Dan Hardy. Uh, Dan Hardy asked Darren Till uh, who who he wanted next, and he called out platinum mike perry who is a who's a fun fighter to talk about and then these two started screaming at each other mike perry jumped up on the (laughs) apron of the octagon and and he started saying i'm a real welterweight this is my weight class i'm not really sure what that means but it was sure as fuck entertaining and i would love to see that fight of course mike perry scheduled a fight santiago ponzinibbio which is also going to be an awesome fight so welterweight division shaping up to be really exciting right now we got a lot of great contenders Uh, for a division that has had really boring championship fights uh, over the last year and a half or so. Uh, So it's good to see some of these uh, young, hungry guys mixing it up in here. And Darren Till versus Mike Perry would be awesome. Darren Till versus Santiago Ponzinibbio would be awesome. So I don't see why you don't give Darren Till the winner of that fight. Uh, I feel like it's reaching down the ladder a little bit because he just fought... Cowboy Cerrone, so he maybe should have called out somebody a little further up than Cowboy. I think he went down a few rungs, but uh, hey, those are exciting fights, and I'm definitely tuning in for those. So what were your thoughts about the uh, post-fight antics there, Jeff?
1: Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, Anything that gets the crowd riled up, I love. But uh, I saw an interview with Mike Perry uh, this morning, actually, and I think he should just be banned from or get a restraining order for him and microphones mm-hmm. because um i forgot who was interviewing him i think it was dan hardy and he says uh he's like i'm gonna s- here's what's gonna happen i'm gonna sign the contract and then we're gonna fight because that's what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like oh man, he's just not very um he's just so bad at language um
0: <laughs> yeah but that's that's also what makes him so good <laughs> it's just it's just so like it's just unscripted entertainment and it's he's funny <laughs> and i i know we, we were critical of him uh when he first came on the scene in the ufc and and me especially because he's he fought one of my teammates before uh in the local circuit here in florida but man, the guy's growing on me. I gotta say. I mean, he he just says the most ridiculous shit, and it's it's really entertaining. I hate to admit it, but and he's entertaining when he's in the cage. You never know what's gonna happen, uh, but you know he's always working hard for the knockout. So go ahead, uh, carry on with your point there, Jeff.
1: Yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. I was gonna say, uh, despite that, though, I definitely want to see him fight. That's something he is good at. Um, so Darren Till versus Mike Perry. Um, I'll pay to watch it, so I say let's do it uh, after his fight with Ponzinibbio. Put him on a card.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know we got some other exciting fights coming up in the welterweight division as well, uh, which we'll get into when we talk about Fight Night One Nineteen after this. So I know you weren't too enthused about this card, Jeff. I wasn't really either. I had a lot going on, so I I kind of uh, breezed over it after the fact. I mean, it was on the middle of the day on a Saturday, so it was tough for me to to watch. So I caught the main event. Caught the co-main event with Karolina Kvokovic and uh, Invicta staple, Jody Esquivel. Uh, that was a pretty solid scrap, but Karolina Kvokovic, just like the volume of punches, uh, was crazy. Uh, reminiscent of the strawweight champion, Joanny Jacek. It was it was great that the uh, Polish crowd got to see Karolina Kvokovic on there, which is the next best thing to uh, seeing Joanna get to fight. In Poland, I'm sure she's disappointed she wasn't on this card, but that's because she's fighting on uh, the New York card next month, which is going to be one of the biggest cards of the year or of all time, possibly, which I know you're going to want to break down when we get closer to it since you'll be attending, Jeff. So what were your thoughts on the co-main event?
1: So, Bill, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this and there's a reason that I didn't go back and watch it is I didn't see uh Escabel doing much of it against against uh she's so good on feet uh you know solid ground game good takedown defense but um you know she's she's in the upper echelon of of fighters especially in the women's strawweight division so i didn't think it was worth it to go back and watch this one but bill why don't you describe to me what happened it looks like she was pretty dominant just looking at the scores
0: yeah definitely it was it was a dominant performance as you would expect this was kind of a tune-up fight to get her back up into contention and um which is where she should be you know she she gave Ioana and a run for her money. That was a really close fight when they fought, and then she had that loss to Claudia Gedalia. Uh So after this fight, she called out Jessica Andrade, who just demolished Claudia Gadalia last month. Uh, so I think that was a smart move by Kavokovic because, well, I don't know if it's a smart move calling out Jessica Andrade because she's a fucking monster right now. Um, but, in terms of getting back to a title shot against Juana which I would definitely love to see because their first fight was awesome. It was so close. Uh, I would even entertain an argument that uh, Kavokovic could have won a decision in that fight uh, if you had, you know, some poor judging. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I think a fight between her and Jessica Andrade makes sense. Uh, they're the next two in line behind Rose Namunas, so if you put that fight together pretty soon, then you can have – Joanna defending her title against the winner of that fight, maybe in late January or February, somewhere in that time frame. So uh, exciting things for the women's strawweight division. I just kind of want to breeze over the rest of this card, Jeff, and you'll tell me if anything else kind of stood out to you. So uh, light heavyweights Jan Blakovich and Devin Clark. Uh, Blakovich coming away with a rear naked choke victory. Uh, Polish fighter Marcin Held getting a, a pretty uneventful uh, victory. This guy was supposed to make a big splash in the UFC, but hasn't really uh, got to get a decision win in front of his hometown crowd. So uh, good for him. Uh, Sam Alvey, another uh, another really overactive fighter who who really fights too often, uh, taking a decision loss last night or yesterday afternoon. And then uh, there was a pretty good war between Andre Feely and Artem Lobov uh and then the fight of the night fight kelleher and uh stasiak so uh out of those jeff uh, any of those jump out to you that you'd like to uh give your thoughts on
1: yeah uh, i'll give you two bill and they're the two that i went back and watched the first one was the light heavyweight bout john uh blakovich uh-huh. i'm probably butchering his name uh beating Devin Clark with a crazy rear-naked choke. He got it from defending a takedown, and he got it standing up, actually. Uh, no hooks. just It looked like it was just a python squeeze. Uh, so that was really awesome to watch. Good display of grappling. And then the fight of the night, Brian Kelleher versus Damian Stasiac. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I, I believe so. we we'll close enough. We'll call it a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Kelleher was really dominant uh, in all areas, uh, looking like the bigger dude out there, too. Uh, they looked like they were weight class apart, so that was crazy. And, you know, just he kept going for this guillotine from the top, but it wasn't working. But uh, his striking was good enough where uh, he, you know, he sm- he demolished uh, Stasiac there. Um, but, yeah, Bill, any, uh, any of these that you want to elaborate on? No. Not really, but it. what's funny is if you
0: look at that finish, the Jan Blakovich, uh that rear naked choke over Devin Clark, it looks just like a schoolyard choke. Like like he's just messing with the guy on the playground, um, but it looked like such a powerful squeeze. I, I would never want to know what that feels like. Um, so pretty decent card. I mean, if you had nothing to do in the middle of the day, uh, pretty entertaining, uh, nothing to write home about. But uh, we got a we got a really ex- interesting card coming up next week. I, I would never think of any of these matchups to tell you the truth, but now that they've been put together, uh, I really, I really kind of like how this card shaped up. So it's Fight Night One Nineteen, uh, and it's in Sao Paulo, Brazil, headlined by Derek Brunson and Leoto Machida, which is a really interesting matchup because Derek Brunson is so hot and cold and he has that rush forward style uh you remember his fight with robert whittaker where he just ran face first across the octagon obviously a bad strategy to have against leota machida who's one of the best counter-strikers in the history of the sport uh but coming up off a a long layoff so what are your thoughts on this main event jeff
1: this is going to be awful awesome i almost said awful by mistake awfully awesome is what it's going to be yes the double a So, um, yeah, dude, this is going to be really good. Machida, he's been out of the cage for a while, but he's always dangerous. He's got that karate background, so you know he can move in and out quickly, effectively, without getting hurt. And Brunson, man, Brunson's just fun to watch. I remember uh, seeing a couple of his fights. You know, he just comes forward, uh, and like you said, probably not the best strategy against Machida. Um, But, Bill, uh, this one is probably one that's going to stay on the feet. Um, I can see this one going five rounds uh, if it goes for Machida, but if Brunson wins, he'll he's going to have to win early. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a really interesting matchup the more you think of it. Uh, super technical. Brunson obviously has great wrestling, uh, but he he loves uh, pressuring guys with a stand-up. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does there. And Machida has great takedown defense and obviously incredible counter-striking. So... Uh, When I first saw this matchup, I was kind of like, why is this a main event? But then the more I kind of let it simmer and sink in, uh, I'm really excited for it. So I'll actually be out in Arizona uh, during this fight card. So again, looking for some recommendations. If anybody knows some uh, good locations out in Arizona to watch the fights, I'm open to it. And then uh, Kona main event is another fight I never really would have thought of as being really interesting, but... It really is, and that's Damian Maya and Colby Covington, two fighters who have both been criticized for being kind of boring grapplers. And Damian Maya, of course, coming off that very uneventful uh, match with Tyron Woodley where you know neither of them really did anything the whole time, they just kind of respected each other too much. And Colby Covington coming off what a lot of people would say is a lay-and-pray victory over Dong Young Kim, I believe, um, but I thought it was really impressive that Kobe Covington was able to hold him down the entire fight. I know we've gone over that, uh, how there's not a lot of respect for high level wrestling and the ability to hold down fighters at this level. Uh, but it's definitely way more challenging than it seems. And I, I personally have a lot of respect for that style, but I kind of wonder what's going to happen here. Is Kobe Covington going to want to take this fight to the ground with Damian Maya and, Uh, you know, is Maya going to be able to enact his game plan? Of course he is a really big welterweight. Uh, I just think this is a really interesting matchup. I, I I love, you know, when two really high level grapplers get put against each other. Uh, I always think it'll be interesting and usually ends up in a stand-up fight, but I can't really see that happening with either of these guys. So I don't know what's going to happen here. And that intrigues me, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this fight?
1: I kind of want this to be a grappling matchup. Um, I, you know, I don't want to see too much stand up with this fight. I want to see who's got the better uh, fighting on the ground. And I'll be honest with you, Bill. Um, I, don't, it's hard to pick between these guys. But Demi and Maya, man, he's just—he's got such good jujitsu. Uh, we've talked about it time and again on this show how he kind of melts over you. I think this is a metaphor you used—how he melts over you like butter on hot toast. Yeah. <laughs> So it's going to be good because um, he can fight off, off his back too um, with his guard game and stuff. So this is going to be really, really interesting for, for the hardcore fans who can appreciate grappling. Um, If you're more casual, maybe this isn't the fight. Maybe this is the fight you take a bathroom break for or you, know, you answer the door to, to buy the pizza that you just ordered.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I can understand how people wouldn't be into it, but – Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one a lot. Uh, another one I'm looking forward to always fun to see on a card is Jim Miller, uh, taking on Francisco Trinaldo, who's just a beast of a lightweight. So that's an interesting fight. Um, any thoughts on that one, Jeff? I'm just kind of, just kind of looking over this card right now, seeing what else jumps out to me, but, uh,
1: any thoughts on, on your local Jersey boy, Jim Miller on this card here? Yeah, dude, Jim Miller, always fun to watch. Trinaldo is very, very talented. So th- that fight is actually on my radar too. Uh, I can see that one being fight of the night, man. Yeah, you got a couple of a couple of
0: potentials for fight of the night here. I, obviously, Jim Miller is always a contender anytime he's on the card. Uh, you got Rob Font and Pedro uh, Munoz. That'll be an interesting fight. Tiago Santos and Jack Hermanson. Uh that could be a, a slugfest. And then you got John Lineker uh, in the middle of this card hanging out here, who has crazy knockout power, taking on Marlon Vera, who's a really slick fighter. And you got Antonio Carlos Jr. hiding down at the bottom of this card, who's one of the best grapplers on the planet, for those who don't know. Submitted Gary Tonin uh, in uh, Submission Underground recently. Or maybe it wasn't very recently, but. A couple months ago but not a lot of people submitting gary Tonin these days he did it with a flying triangle which was pretty badass i don't know if he caught that one jeff so
1: any of these fights uh jumping out at you that i just read off here yeah dude i definitely want to check out the carlos jr fight and also i want to see that flying triangle in action uh (laughs) i also am really excited for this john lineker fight i can't remember if he's fought since uh he lost to tj dillashaw in december of last year
0: yeah, I can look that up right now, depending how quick the internet goes. But I don't think he has. When And that was a really impressive performance by Dillashaw. He had some crazy takedown setups in that fight. Uh, and just kind of, he was looking to make a statement against, uh, against John Lineker. And yeah, uh, Lineker hasn't fought since the Dillashaw fight, which was December 30th of last year. I remember I was in Daytona Beach watching that fight. That was the uh, Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunez card. Uh, so it seems like forever ago that Ronda Rousey was in the octagon and probably will be forever until she's there again. But uh, anything else jumping out on this card for you, Jeff?
1: Um, I can see... Uh, I think that's about it for for my end. But anything else jumping out at you? Cause you you mentioned some really really interesting fights that I'm excited for.
0: Yeah, there's some there's some slugfests on here. The Tiago Santos and and Jack Hermanson fight I feel like uh, could be a real bar burner. Uh, Tiago Santos is one of those guys that, like when he's on he's really on. And, uh, he, he looked phenomenal in his last fight against Gerald Mearshart, uh, who's another top prospect out of Duke Rufus's gym. And, uh, we, we've kind of covered him. I kind of picked him to be one of the breakout stars this year, earlier in the year. And so the fact that, uh, Santos was able to demolish him the way he did, uh, was, was really impressive. So, uh, he probably has one of the worst tattoos in the history of MMA or in the history of tattoos—that just giant Thor hammer in the middle of his chest. But uh, the guy's an exciting fighter, so you can't take
1: that away from him. Uh, any other thoughts on this, Jeff? Before we move on here, uh, I got nothing for you, Bill. But it does—it's looking like a better card than uh, than yesterday's card. Also, a uh, quick remark. About yesterday's card, it was it was on Fight Pass, um, so that kind of put me off a little bit because I don't have Fight Pass, mm-hmm. um, so I I really just didn't want to like pay the money to just for one card. Although yeah. Fight Pass does offer a lot of interesting stuff,
0: dude. I'm a I'm a big proponent of Fight Pass. Uh, you can watch like all the old seasons of Tough on there. You can go watch any fight pretty much on demand. They got the old pride cards. Uh, They have some new series on there that they did just for Fight Pass. Personally, the way I look at it is you pay, I don't know, eight or nine bucks a month for Netflix. I watch Netflix. I'll watch maybe two movies a month, something like that. Um, And, you know, whatever TV series somebody recommends I might check out. But you know, Fight Pass is pretty much the same price. And, you know, if there's one one or two good cards on there, uh, I find it's worth it. Um, so Fight Pass is pretty cool. And, and usually it's just the international cards that are on there. And then it's also worth it for the early prelims because, you know, you get guys like Cub Swanson and stuff fighting on there, so you don't want to miss those uh, if you're hanging out on a Saturday night, you know, before the pay per view start or whatever, having a couple of drinks at home. You could do that, which is exactly what I'm doing now, Jeff. And Jeff, you know me as well as anybody. And two things I don't really like are vodka and fruity sweet things. I am currently drinking both of those things right now. And it's in the form of Deep Eddie's Peach Vodka. So I think I talked about Deep Eddie's on the show before. They have a sweet tea vodka that's really good. You could just drink it on the rocks, and it's just uh, – it's really smooth for vodka it doesn't taste like vodka which is a plus Uh, when i do drink vodka it's usually tito's so i find deep eddies to be comparable to tito's it's also from austin texas so they're doing something right with vodka down there jeff because they make vodka that i drink and you know that's that's not something a lot of people can claim so two companies from the same city somehow have made something I typically don't like, into something that I like. So I'm drinking this Deep Eddie's – this is the peach flavor. So they make all their vodka with real fruit. I guess they let it ferment in there or whatever the process is for making flavored vodka. And what I did is I I just poured it over some ice, and I put a a little bit of uh, iced tea with it. So it's just like a peach iced tea. And I'm drinking it out of a mason jar, and that's not to be trendy or anything or – Because I'm currently in the south, that's just because I legitimately did not have any clean glasses and I didn't feel like doing dishes before we did the podcast here. But Deep Eddie's Vodka, I I highly recommend this stuff. If you're a vodka drinker, it's really nice. I'm going to check out uh, just the regular vodka to see what that's like because so far I've only had the peach and I've had the sweet tea. I actually want to get the sweet tea and the peach and just combine those and drink that straight and just get totally fucking obliterated on vodka. That would be nice. Uh, (laughs) I got to start getting creative now, Jeff. I've been sanding furniture for the last nine years, it feels like. and uh, (laughs) So, Deep Eddie's, thank you for helping me get through all these DIY projects. Um, Probably not as cleanly as I should be getting through them, but I am getting through them, and I'm really enjoying this flavored vodka. So... Jeff, any thoughts on flavored vodka? Do you do you maybe is this something you would maybe want to check out? And if not, have you been sipping on anything interesting yourself lately?
1: Yeah, I'm actually. Uh, I do enjoy vodka. It's good. It's. I feel like it's smooth. Uh, flavored vodka is even better. So, Deep Eddies is definitely something I want to check out. And unfortunately, Bill, I just haven't had. I haven't had time to really. Uh, have something stronger than than water but um uh, what i do want to pick up is uh where i work like right across the street there's a store and they sell these um they're like uh jars of fruit that have just been sitting in alcohol so i'll probably end up getting one of those uh because they have a couple of different assortments uh one is vodka and uh peaches the other is um I forget what the others are, but uh, they look really good. So I'll probably be chewing on those. Um, but those are the scarier ones, Bill. Those are the ones that sneak up on you, and then you—oh, Yo, for sure. Up, you go to stand up, and you you f- just end up on the floor, and you don't know how you got there. Well, you know how you got there. It's
0: from buying fruit in a jar from the <laughs> store that's been soaking in alcohol. But yeah, that stuff—that uh, stuff will kick you in the ass because when the fruit's fermenting in there, I feel like it. Uh, it ups the proof a little bit. Uh, so that's why I was really into the infusions for a while. I plan I plan on getting back into that when I get settled into the new house so I can try some new and interesting things. I was, I was doing some fun stuff when I first uh, moved down here to Florida. You know, I was infusing uh, ginger and coffee beans and all this stuff. I was doing those drink recipes. Those days are gone now, Jeff. I, I'm going to be a father soon, so I don't have time to be making videos and stuff like that. But – I do have time for some interesting, uh, easy drink recommendations. Uh, As you all know, if you're regular listeners of the show, I do enjoy a lot of whiskey and bourbon, so please send your recommendations my way, especially if you know some local whiskeys or local craft beers out in Arizona, since that's where I'll be uh, for the next week and a half or so, and I'll try to do an episode from there. Uh, Jeff, any closing thoughts on this episode here before we wrap things up?
1: Dude, I am just counting down. There's one more weekend before I go to UFC 217, Bill. So I'll be able to give you my count on, you know, what I did, uh, the matchups, because I intend to be there for every single matchup. Um, you know, UFC events when you go live, and you know, you yourself has, have been to a couple, you know, it turns into an all day thing, but it's super fun. Uh so I can't wait, Bill.
0: Yeah, you gotta do it, man. You gotta you gotta catch all of them. Even when I went in Japan, it started at like eight in the morning. I was sitting there w- with my beer ready for the first fight. <laughs> it came out it so disoriented. It came out. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was hammered and like walking around wondering why it was light outside. It was great, <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna have an awesome time. So hopefully, uh, we get another episode in before that big UFC pay per view. We could break down the GSP return and. Fizz Bank fight and uh, the Yoani on Jacek, Rose Namajunas fight. Really awesome, really stacked card, which is great that Madison Square Garden uh, is getting that card. Hopefully the New York State Athletic Commission doesn't fuck this one up uh, like they've been doing lately. You're embarrassing me, New York. My home state. You Got to get your shit together. All right. So you guys know how to get a hold of me on social media. It's at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. If you want to get a hold of Jeff, It's at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. So go ahead and reach out to him. Let us know what you're thinking and drinking. Give us some thoughts on your fights. If we missed anything uh, on the fights, and definitely send your drink recommendations our way. Uh, Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.